0: Welcome to The Best Job in South Dakota. I'm your host, Rebecca Blue.
1: And I'm Chris Church.
0: Well, today, Chris, can you believe it? It is our season one wrap-up episode. Phew.
1: You know, I can finally exhale. It's like every week I've been gasping to take in all the achievements and tales that we heard from all the impressive South Dakota women that graced us in conversation. You know, this whole season has been as satisfying as a big Butterscotch Sunday, and today that's the cherry on top. Hmm, Butterscotch
0: Sunday. weren't you going to make homemade butterscotch? Did that ever happen? You told us all about the history of it. Did you make it happen? Did you make some?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little foggy. Did I make that claim? What? Yes. And the tape doesn't lie. Take a listen. The first mention of butterscotch, including a recipe, was in a newspaper in 1848 in Liverpool, England. The Liverpool Mercury. Oh. So I got myself the recipe. I'm going to be making some butterscotch. Do it. It's just butter Mm -hmm. and brown sugar. But the key is you can't overheat the sugar. You only heat it to 240 degrees Fahrenheit. All right. So you need the candy thermometer. Yeah, you definitely need the
0: candy thermometer.
1: And if you want to make the butterscotch sauce, you just add cream. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be doing a little experiment in
0: the the kitchen. That sounds amazing. Definitely do it and then let me know. Then if it works out for you, I'll try it.
1: Oops. Caught (laughs) red-handed. So what's the story, Morning Glory? Well, the tale, Nightingale, is that indeed... I did make butterscotch sauce, and that Sunday was the freshest butterscotch Sunday I have ever had.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing! But I need proof. Well,
1: I'll provide you with photographic evidence. And for our listeners, maybe you can post it on our socials.
0: Okay, sounds good because I will believe it when I see it.
1: You know, there was an opening segment where you really did catch me off guard. Yeah, what was that? It was back in episode five when we were preparing to talk to Kelsey Scott. Take a listen. You know, in preparing to talk to Kelsey, I started thinking about her life out on the range and just there with nature and all the animals on her farm and just birds and everything. And it got me to thinking, if I could have one animal for a best friend, what would it be? Okay. <laughs> what would it be for you, Rebecca?
0: Um, Interesting question. Um... I think I'd actually say a dolphin.
1: A dolphin. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember oceanfront property in South Dakota, but uh, okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. And uh, actually, probably anybody who knows me would be like, why would you pick a dolphin? Because I really am not a big fan of the ocean. My first experience with the ocean was by watching the movie Jaws. So I'm like always nervous to get in the water. So a dolphin is probably an interesting pick. But I think there actually are freshwater dolphins, maybe in Brazil or something. So I'll have a freshwater dolphin be my best friend.
1: Well, uh, you, you caught me by surprise, but we know the dolphins are smart. And, you know, if you're going to be swimming, it, it would make a great companion.
0: Right. Maybe make me a little bit more comfortable in the ocean.
1: There you go. So not not, not bad. <laughs> a little surprising, but not bad. Yeah. You know, I just didn't see that coming from someone who grew up in landlocked South Dakota. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely fair enough. Fair enough. Um, But what I could not get over is that then a few episodes later, when we had our guest, Dr. Lori Anderson on, and she was talking about her geology research in Amazonia, that she actually had seen freshwater dolphins. That made my day. I mean, honestly, what are the odds of that?
1: That was a spooky coincidence. (laughs)
0: <laughs> she was she was a great guest. And honestly all of our guests have been so great there is no way, no way to pick a favorite.
1: Agreed. I I enjoyed every conversation. You know, we heard all about their best jobs and the guests were they were just genuinely refreshing. And they all surprised us with an entertaining tale. From from driving a truck into a silage pile to riding a pig to capsizing in the Platte River <laughs> to encountering a spooky doll in a window. Do you have that clip from our first guest, Stacey Hadrick, and her first time at the wheel of a manual transmission truck?
0: I sure do. Here you go.
1: You know, when I, when I think of farms, I think of tractors, but yours sounds like it was more of a ranch. So you probably had trucks back on the farm. I, did you learn to drive on a truck?
2: I did, yeah. Like like most traditional kids, I was probably about, I think, seven or eight um, my vivid memory is um, us being up in the hay yard and my dad needed to get both the pickup back and the tractor that he'd had up there. And so he set me in the pickup and gave me a, probably a 30 second lesson of popping the clutch. And he just said, once I popped the clutch, it'd be fine. I didn't even really need to push on the gas pedal. I could just, you know, coaster down, down and back into the yard. And he, I vividly remember him saying though, he would go first and I could follow him. And so he popped the clutch, and I was doing fine, and I kept looking for him to be going around me, and he wasn't, and he wasn't. And I, as I was looking, I must have been turning the steering wheel, too, and I ran into the <laughs> silage pile and <laughs> did, did no damage because I was going very slow, of course. But then, you know, I have no idea as this young girl how to put it in reverse or anything like that. Um, So he got me started out again and this time told me for sure he would go in front of me and, and we made it back to the yard just fine. But I have a lot of amazing memories with that blue Chevy pickup.
1: That cracked me up. As I recall, it was an old blue Chevy truck. But it really reminded me that a city kid like me, we have to wait till we're 16 or so to get a driver's license while all those farm and ranch kids are bombing around on those country roads. Back in the city, it was Shoe Leather Express.
0: Mm. Well, you sound a little jealous.
1: More than a little. So I'm not asking you to pick a favorite, but do you have a random memory that pops into mind when you think back on some of our conversations?
0: Oh my gosh, there are so many, but (laughs) I would say one that definitely sticks out is talking to Silka Kempema in episode nine about bats and um, having her help ease some of my childhood trauma about being worried about bats flying into my hair while I'm, wait- while I'm out camping. Um, so that <laughs> that definitely sticks out for me.
1: Yeah, I remember talking to Soka, but she just brought back memories. She was out there catching birds and they were just pecking away. It doesn't bother her. Bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bird
0: person. (laughs) Not a bird person. Um, No, I just, all of our conversations with our guests were so great. But one thing that we did always do throughout the season is we closed each episode with our
1: takeaways.
0: And so, curious, Chris, do you have any season one takeaways?
1: I have two. Oh, let's hear them. Well, our guest reminded me that there's that old saying, he who hesitates is lost. And our guest didn't hesitate. They all pursued their dreams, and they didn't wait for life to just hand them their fate. Remember Rachel Fry? She fell in love with soil, much like yourself. But she crossed the pond over to study in Denmark. And then when she came back, she has a rewarding career as an urban conservationist here in South Dakota. Or how about Dr. Beth Thompson? She was a successful lawyer, but her dreams led her elsewhere. She went back to vet school, and now she's the state veterinarian in South Dakota. Yeah. And our most recent guest, Centel Schreier, others expected her to stay in the big city, but she didn't follow others' expectations. She loved going to school in the big city, but she knew ranch life was for her. And now she's a successful shepherd. Yeah, that's pretty cool. She's out there with 2,500 sheep. How would you like that? And another thing about Centel, you know, all our guests provided pictures and they're just great. And they're when you see them, they're really representative of Of the people that we talk to. And they, but I have to say about Centel. She has that picture of her holding a young lamb. Yeah. How are you going to top that?
0: Yeah, that's great. That's such a great one. But you said you had two takeaways. What's the other one?
1: Oh, pretty simple. People are nice. Yeah. You know, with all the rancor we're bombarded with these days, you know, our conversations with these outstanding South Dakota women, they were just a great reminder that there are really nice, happy people out there in our communities. So true. So, Rebecca, what are your takeaways from season one?
0: Yeah, I mean, in every episode, I think all of our guests offered such great advice. And I really just think that was such a, a cool part of, of our conversations. But a couple of the things I think that kind of resonated throughout many episodes and many guests was, one, just how many of them did not anticipate being an agriculture In their career, when they went off to school, I think that's really an an interesting insight and something maybe for young people to consider that if they're thinking, "Mm, ag's not for me now, you never know. You never know. Um, You have somebody like Abby Bischoff, who grew up on the farm, never thought that she would be doing that. And then all of a sudden now is the executive director for the Stockyard Ag Experience Another one of the takeaways that I'd say is that there are so many amazing opportunities in South Dakota. I mean, there really are the best jobs, not just in South Dakota, but in the U.S. right here. I think that's something really, really inspiring and and wonderful to hear. You know, you have people like Leah Heidler, who is a CPA and yet can live out on the ranch and because... Luckily, and thank goodness, there's employers who are flexible and willing to accommodate their employees. And so I think that was really wonderful to hear. And then you have these young people like Kelsey Garretts getting involved, being involved on boards. I just think that was such a great takeaway and a message for people just on how we can get involved. I also have to say I loved seeing the wide and unique range of jobs there are in South Dakota. I've mentioned several times before uh, that when I was a student, I had no idea there were so many career paths to choose from in agriculture and related fields. But our guests have certainly demonstrated that with women like Dr. Stephanie Bruggeman, teaching the coolest biology class where students are learning how to brew beer. And women like Sarah Waltner, who got a degree in electrical engineering, turned that into a career in agriculture, working for Raven Industries, and is now in a senior management position. And women like Amy Mesman, who have had a dedicated career as a civil servant working for USDA's Animal Plant Health Inspection Service, which I think is the best. (laughs) Keeping agriculture safe and thriving in our state, which is so important and honestly just so cool. So yeah, I have to say I just absolutely loved that, seeing all of the options that were available and these jobs that truly are the best jobs in South Dakota. Honestly, I could go on and on. Every every episode had such a great takeaway. I just feel so excited that we got to have all those conversations, and I know I learned a lot.
1: I did. Actually, the season brought me back even closer to agriculture, because now I'm a big pumpkin farmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hadn't grown <laughs> pumpkins in the past, but you know, they grow pretty doggone wild, and I'm gonna have to invite Like the nursery school kids over something to pick pumpkins because they've taken over my backyard.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Well, you'd be ready for the fall. And speaking of the fall, we will be back with season two in October. So make sure you are keeping an eye out for us then. And in the meantime, this is a great time to go back and hit up any of those episodes that you missed from season one. As you can tell, we had amazing guests. So make sure you don't miss those. And be on the lookout for a preview of season two. I'm really looking forward to that. And I also have to say, Chris, thanks so much for taking this journey with me. What a great season one, 13 episodes. I feel like that's no small thing. And again, thanks to all those guests who were so generous with their time. It's been a blast.
1: It's been a whirlwind.
0: Well, with that, remember, you can always listen to The Best Job in South Dakota at bestjobsd.com or, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so we can really see if Chris did make that butterscotch or not. (laughs) And until October, all the best.